The Konza Show on cliffcentral.com. Sanbonani, good morning, South Africa. Um, typically, Andrew would have said that, and he would have said it with so much vigor. Uh, but Andrew's off. He's in New York, uh, enjoying white privilege. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to sneak that in. Uh, yeah, Andrew is out in New York having a good time. Um, but the show must go on. And today we're looking at why South African soccer players seem to die poor while rugby players retire to happily ever after. Interesting show, exciting show. Today we have a veteran of Bafana Bafana in studio with us, Mr. Mr. Max Maponyane. Date Maponyan, how are you? I'm well in your Rory. Good, good, good. Thank you for joining us. We also have Nyaniso Sam who will be joining us. Um, he is uh, the head of brand and, and media at the South African Rugby Players Association. Um, and then we also have a, a, a gentleman by the name of Mweketi Mosola, who is a doctoral student in sports finance. All of these people to come and share insights on why it is that we seem to be having South African soccer players dying poor. And is it just South African soccer players or is this, is this a global trend? Uh, you seem to have landed on your feet. You're 53 years old. You're looking good. Drive a nice big black car. Uh, are you an exception or are you the rule? Is this what happens with soccer players who retire? Well, I'm not an exception yet because uh, you've just mentioned the car, which is uh, debt. <laughs> so it just shows you that uh, one is just trying to not uh, be careless also in his lifestyle mm. in terms of... Uh, not uh, driving a car that you would look back and say, had I been driving a car that is well secured and well protected, uh, yeah. maybe I would have survived. Yeah. yeah, especially when you live in Gauteng. But but is is the fact that you even know that that car is dead? Most most wouldn't even recognize that uh, I'm driving dead. Is that something you you learned in your playing days, or is this something that you learned only afterwards? I have to say I've learned my lessons to you always uh, make mistakes in life and uh, after making those mistakes you'll say I'll never go this route again and uh, some of the mistakes that I've done and I need to share this with a lot of uh, players that are playing and I've always wanted to and thanks to your platform Mm -hmm. and you know when you're young and vibrant and uh, money coming in and you think wow this is good yes one wasn't making a lot of money from football Mm. but uh, I was privileged that uh, while I was playing I had a few sponsors and uh, one of which was Adidas that have always been there with me and tossed the boot with them. And uh, when it came to royalties, that money was uh, obviously making me survive. But at the time, I had only one boy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. with one child, I just thought, wow, I've got the money. And, you know, you look around, you've got a convertible, you've got a cabriolet, you've got a M Sport. And I thought, wow. <laughs> this is this is the life, yes. You know, this is life. Yeah. And then at some point, uh, Mercedes-Benz, uh, AMG. But obviously those were the days. And then suddenly they become two and you want the best for them. Mm. And you take them to schools that can make them better people in life. Yes. And then life, uh, you face reality. And while you're facing reality, it means 
the money that you've been spending on cars could have been saved for education. Yeah. Now, I had to obviously scrape uh, through the barrel to make sure that uh, they finish school they the and best, then yeah. they get the best. Yeah. But also, I survive, you know. Mm. And then there would be bond here and you still need to go on holiday. Mm. And at some point, I thought, she, the going is tough now. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. But uh, at some point, you have to make a decision. And one decision that I'll never forget and regret is uh, that I had to swallow my pride and thought, I don't need these material things. Mm. And I sold all those. And uh, someone won a polo at uh, some casino. And he won it in uh, one of those uh, machines as a prize. And I thought, okay, uh, he says he doesn't need it. And he sold it for ninety thousand. I said, I'll have that. Wow. <laughs> so from, from, from convertibles and everything, you, you decided I'm downgrading to a polo. To a polo, which wow. had no air con. <laughs> I was wow. driving with a cooler back and a face cloth inside. <laughs> when it's wow. summer like this, yeah. it would really be hot. You know? Was this while you were still playing? That was uh, towards the end of my career, but while yeah. I was still playing. Hmm. But the main thing is uh, I realized that but I cannot be... Always worried about uh, having to pay the school fees, having to pay this, having to pay that. Mm. So let me just get rid of these things and I'll come back to them. And the youngsters finished school and then I thought, whoa, now I can now start I can my, live my life. Live my life. Yeah. And there is no, no business to just worry about uh, swallowing your pride. You know, you can and start all over again. And that's one of the biggest regrets that I had. And I thought, if I have to relive the life again, I would not have gone that route. But that's, that sounds like, uh, you know, it certainly doesn't sound like, never mind a football player, just any young person. It doesn't sound like an automatic thing that just happens. How did you just, you just had babies and you realized... You just became responsible like that? Yeah, well, not uh, just becoming responsible like that, but also knowing what I wanted for them. Mm. And mm. Uh, if you... I mean, I could have easily said, okay, let me just be seen in these flashy cars and uh, let them just not get the best education and let them be kicked out of school. Let me just uh, not live in a comfortable house or home, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you make those decisions. And I thought, if I need comfort, I've got to also take the pain here and there, you know? Mm. But then I realized something, and people don't uh, understand that sometimes in life, it's not the material things. Mm. It's not what you drive. It's not where you live. It's mainly who you are. And uh, if you are honest and uh, truthful to yourself, and the truth was that I don't have money. Mm, <laughs> I have mm. to work for money. Yeah. So month end, you know what happens in many homes, you yes, know? Yes, and yes. I can testify to that because I've lived through that. Mm. You sit there and you realize, where are the 80,000 people? Yes. <laughs> you know, I need 80,000 <laughs> rent. I don't need 80,000 <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the crowd? <laughs> where's the crowd? <laughs> yes. And if every one of those uh, crowd members would just donate one, one rent, rent I would be, good. be fine. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But uh, they think you have money yes so rather don't live a life where you are giving an impression of what you're not so th this is this is quite interesting because your 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 former colleagues uh you know we just had um uh with the, uh, phil masinga for example we've heard stories of of how he's gone bankrupt uh john shoes uh just passed away uh 
and it was said that he died poor. Um, so it seems that a lot of uh, a lot of the players in your generation or thereabouts uh, did not make it out as as well as you did. What do you attribute to to that? I'll have to put all this into perspective because uh, also people out there have a misconception. You know, this is not America. Mm. This is South Africa. Mm. You In South Africa, you become famous and poor. Mm. <laughs> in America, yeah, still, you become rich poor. and famous. Yes. <laughs> and the only thing yeah. is we're trying to think that the rich are famous. Yes. Or the famous are rich. Mm. You know? mm. And mm. it doesn't work like that. And uh, I'm giving you a typical example of... Um, just the background of that uh, of those uh, footballing days mm. i mean you can imagine from uh, my first year in professional football i was then in 600 rand 600 rand and yeah. then at the end of uh, 10 years i was on 1008 wow. on the 18th year when i finished playing soccer that my last i will remember that che- last check when i said i am retiring now it was 4000 rand you know, yeah. So you can imagine eighteen years of uh, professional football, starting from six hundred rand to four thousand rand. Wow! Definitely the only way to survive. And uh, you know, I feel for those who are not uh, privileged to get uh, sponsors and all that or endorsements. Then mm. the only way to survive was to augment, and the only augmenting that uh, one can think of is the fact that uh, people don't realize that as much as I was playing. And some of the players that I was playing with, we were working full mm. time mm. and we would go to work, uh, um, uh, to training in the afternoon. But in the morning, uh, we would just be like any yeah, other person work, yeah. and just hit the road. In fact, a typical of uh, my lifestyle those days. Now, I want you to imagine mm. that you wake up very early, you hit the road. I was a sales rep mm. and uh, I would wake up at four. Make sure that I'm at the border, mm. somewhere in uh, that uh, border of uh, South Africa, Khaburoni, yes, and Botswana, Kukwing, yes. Yes, yes. going to Botswana. Yes. My first client would be in uh, Francistown. Okay. So obviously you start from the furthest point. Yes, and then you work your way back. Work your way back. So now for five days I would be on the road mm. after being kicked to pieces on Saturday <laughs> or Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now on a yeah. Monday morning, four o'clock, you're up, seven o'clock, you're at the border. At about three o'clock, you're in Francistown because once you're in Khaburoni, you still have to drive about four or five hundred kilometers yeah. to Francistown. Yeah. Work your way back, speak to the clients. Often you would try to save time because weekend you've got to come back and play. Mm. So some of the clients you would be seeing at your hotel mm. <laughs> at mm. night, wow. you know, presenting yes. the range yeah. and then end up in uh, Atlas in Benoni. So imagine from Francistown, Atlas in Benoni and by then it would be Friday afternoon. Saturday you, you, have, just, to uh, you have to be playing. But when are you training then? No, no, on, it's not every time. It's oh. uh, once a quarter. It oh, was once okay. a quarter. Okay, okay. But it was hectic. Mm. Yeah. And then in between, there would be national team. Then there would be uh, the uh, radio station that I worked for at the time. So it shows you that one had to dig deep. But the only thing is, once you on that field, you've got to make sure that uh, you also impress the sponsor mm. for them to mm. hang in to there. Continue, yeah. To continue uh, sponsoring you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're exposing their brand, but also you want the sales of your boots being uh, or doing well. Which because gives you money. If, yeah. you do, if, if you score goals 
obviously the impression is that these yeah, boots these boots do something, do something yes you yes know? yes and you know the story with the boots i mean even if a guy can't uh, <laughs> yeah. cross the road he thinks he can cross the ball exactly you know, no, you with, know with the boot because so and so wears it back when we used to play soccer the the, the kids who had uh, who had the best kit were normally the most useless the, the, those that couldn't play typically <laughs> yeah. did the ones that could play typically didn't have kit let's get uh, uh, david Gekana, david Gekana. Uh, uh, probably a colleague of yours these days, uh, and and sports analyst here, who has been involved not just in the in the field of soccer, but also across. Uh, I know he was involved in cricket as well. Uh, and just find out if this is actually a true, a valid question that we're asking, uh, Mr. David Kekana. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, good. Good. Uh, are you well? I'm. I'm quite good. Great. So, so, so we've got, uh, we've got, uh, Ntatema Ponyani here in studio with us. And we just wanted to find out, you, you have worked, uh, in South African sport for quite a while. You've also worked in, uh, the cricket fraternity. Is this a valid question that South African soccer players seem to die poor while, uh, while cricket and rugby players seem to retire into happily ever after? Is that valid? Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's a generalization because um, in, in, in all respectability, I mean, there are players that have managed to hold things together even in their retirement. I mean, one of them, you are, you are with him uh, there in studio, Max Lopinani, likes of Max Man, Mike Mangena. Lots of Lucas Hatter managed to hold um, everything together uh, beyond uh, their careers of playing football. But 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 uh, the, the greater volume of players seem to follow the trend that you are talking about, where they retire uh, into um, poverty, and and maybe it, it, it goes back to um, you know people that are playing uh, the game of football and their socialization, and 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 and, and of course other uh, social aspects that involve of course uh, where they come from. Um, you know uh, the issue of uh, being able to handle money properly. Those elements come into the fore when you look in terms of uh, the greater volume of players that find themselves after uh, playing for 12, 15 years uh, to find themselves uh, uh, living in abject poverty. And of course, dying uh, at the end of the day from depressions and other and, and other sicknesses um, because of the conditions that they find themselves in. But you, you speak about the way they've been socialized. Uh, after so many years, I mean, this has been an ongoing trend. We've, we've been hearing about it for, for such a long time. Uh, why are we not, why are we not seeing changes? This socialization, I mean, we, we heard of Tekomudise, uh, who is said to be earning, I mean, it's very difficult to get the actual amounts that soccer players earn, but we, the rumors are 400,000 rand a month. Uh, so, People like that are still struggling. Why? Why is this an ongoing trend, even after so many years of having the same issue and 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 supposedly uh, an increasing professionalization of the game? I think the, the, the biggest thing is that it, it's where soccer players are being drawn from, and the fact that in most cases, because of uh, uh, where they come from, uh, and, and and yet and yet. Uh, in the bigger scheme of things, they, they, they find themselves in a situation when they take the sport and they are talented. Education becomes uh, a peripheral uh, thing. 
And when, 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 when education becomes a side issue and, 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 and people now are, are put into a situation where they come from abject poverty to, to a situation where now they are expected to handle money and have an understanding of how to handle money when they were never taught properly how to handle money, then it becomes a problem. You, you can earn as much as you want, but if you don't know how to handle the issue of finance, and, and, and you are ushered into a position or situation where you are, for, for, for 15 years of your life, money, you, you, you stay something easy because it comes with something that you enjoy, something that you love. And, but you don't have the education to understand that whilst you are earning that money, you, you need to invest it properly. And again, beyond that, think about what am I going to do beyond the 10 to 15 years that I'm, I, I, I may play football. And that doesn't really last that long. So it, it, is, it is an issue of conditioning and, 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 and an issue of mentality to be able to go beyond just uh, your conditions ever for the moment. Say, I'm earning money with the sport that I love and I'm enjoying it. I think rugby players from the beginning, they put education first. Uh, mm. And they are drawn in most cases from university. If you look in terms of uh, uh, currently with the uh, rugby, uh, the university rugby um, tournament that, that's taking place, where most of the players that, that are playing in the tournament are drawn into, into provincial uh, 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 teams. You know, uh, soccer players, yes, they are those that are playing at the best level, but after that, most of them are, do not become professionals. They end up uh, in, in the job space because they, they study the guys that are coming from the, the soccer uh, uh, university league as compared to soccer players. The guys that made it are the guys that come from the township, others don't have even formal education uh, to the point of having a metric uh, to, to fall back on. So that, that, I think, for me, is, is the biggest thing that affects a lot of soccer players and makes them to end up in abject poverty because of lack of education and proper um, financial handling. Let's 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 get that Mapongani in here. Um, so you you mentioned earlier that how you did it, and then that you also prioritized the education of your children. What was different? So 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 David Kekane is sharing a story of how these soccer players are not getting that education, are not well socialized. You come from a very similar Midlands in in Soweto, so in so so, so yeah. you don't you you didn't come from a very different uh, background. What, what was the difference then? What who educated you? Now, in fact, I was privileged that uh, I come from a very strict family, and uh, my father would put his foot down. And uh, even when I was making headlines, <laughs> he would tell me that you are a star in the streets, <laughs> not in my <laughs> not house. In my house yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would still be doing the chores and all those things. But uh, what David is saying also is, uh, you know, you may earn as much as you can. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you are that rich because sometimes you find that I earn 20,000, you earn 10,000, mm. but you're still better off than me. Mm. Because once I earn more, I think I have money and then I start buying things that I don't need mm. and or getting myself into debts that everyone thinks, wow, you qualify for this, you qualify for that. You know how it works with mm. these institutions. Mm. Mm. They'll all They'll be just send you the credit just cards. sending you all these yeah. cards, you know. And uh, what do you also touched on and I don't know why David is here on a tranquilizer this morning. It's <laughs> unlike him. <laughs> David, should we should we should we reveal where you are? When I was organizing this, uh, you you said that you'd be somewhere. Right now he is on a tranquilizer. He Am I right, calm. David? He's so calm today. 
he's normally so loud. He's very loud, but 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 he, no. he told me he told me where he is. Uh, David, should should we tell the world where you are? <laughs> this man, this man is having a massage right now. Uh, as no speak. wonder. I no said, wonder. I said, can you come into studio? He said, hey, chief, I've I've already booked myself in for a massage. No, he's he, literally. He should have it in meetings because. <laughs> <laughs> He's so loud in meetings. <laughs> but, but, but you know, you know one thing is that I, I, I need to add to what my friend just said. Um, the issues are, are that in, in most cases, because of the broken families that most of the players come from, they, of where they are born, is that they become head of households because of the financial muscle that they have and the money that they get from football. Now, their parents now take them as head of households because now they can provide. And, and sometimes they are not even at the stage to become head of households. And they are held in high esteem within their family ranks to become their superstars. He plays for uh, 50 stars, he plays for season kids. Now he's a superstar because of that. And now he becomes the head of the family. And a head of a family is not supposed to be somebody because of who earns money. It's not based on monetary terms. I think my grandfather used to tell me, I'm the head of the family, mm-hmm. whether I'm earning money or I'm not earning money. And mm-hmm. you, you need to know that. And, and, and I agree with Martha to say that in his family, uh, the fact is that he had parents who understand, who could teach him how to become a head of the family. They, they don't outsource, they don't, they don't outsource parenting on the basis of who earns yeah. the most. And that the max. You know, the, the point that David is also making is, uh, I know of stories that are very sad. You know, when, uh, you bump into a father of uh, one or two professional players and uh, he, I'll never forget this man. He stopped me and he says, look at me. Who do I look like? Mm. I'm thinking, huh? <laughs> Who do I look like? Mm. I thought, I can't place you anyway. And he says, don't I look like so-and-so? Mm. And he was simply trying to tell me that he's a father to so-and-so. And he shouldn't be saying he looks like him. Mm. His son looks like, like him. Who yes. gave birth to yes, him? Yes, you know? yes, but yes. that's the kind of pride where you end up trying to say, I'm, I, I want to be famous at the expense of my son. Yes. And that's when you lose your parenthood. Mm. And it was said that uh, obviously the youngster didn't live long because it shows you that he was in charge. But David knows of a story is also. This, is this Sam Mayua? No, no. Uh, <laughs> David is uh, also aware mm. of a story of uh, a, a player that uh, brought his father. He was underage. He brought his father to some contractual uh, negotiations. Mm. And this player, in front of um, the chairman, says, uh, because you are underage, uh, your dad has to sign here. And the dad was still asking questions. Mm. Uh, but then uh, this contract, how long is it for? Mm. And the signing on fee. <laughs> mm. And the youngster just said in front of everybody, in front of the chairman, mm. sign away, Nama. Yo, <laughs> yeah, you're killing the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm thinking, what? Yeah. I wouldn't have even yeah. signed yeah. such a yeah. player. Because a already chair, yes. he, shows a di- he shows a lot of disrespect. Yes. You know? So anyway, yeah. these are the kind of situations where you realize that uh, the the moral fiber of that uh, family is lost completely. Mm, mm. And these are the things that uh, when the youngsters go out there, they play well, mm. then 
in the morning they just read the headlines, read about themselves instead of going to the gym mm. and get read mm. of mm. the dead mm. leg, you know. Mm. Mm. And I always say, sometimes make the headlines, don't read them. Yes, yeah? yes. and that's when you become I mean, a better player. Yeah, and, and even 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 currently, I mean, uh, the, 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 the the top player who plays for a top team, uh, you know, who. Uh, not long ago, um, was in the papers for beating up his girlfriend, you know. Mm, and mm. and when you look at when you look at the issues uh, and how things happened uh, with that, I mean, there's a lot of allegations. But the state that is that it is alleged that his mother and his father were with him when he was beating up that girl. Mm, you wow. know, uh, and, and and then when you look when you look at it uh, and, and you look at now, how come when the parents are supposed to be parents? To tell the boy what you're doing is wrong. They are aiming and abating him. So, those, those little elements that happen like that really tells you like what my son is saying about the moral fiber of the, of, 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 of the, of the family. And but the fact uh, that both of our top stars are drawn from that to those situations. Which for me tells us that the education is not only supposed to be for the young kids that race into football. It's supposed to be, to be for the parents. Yeah. David, so would you then say that rugby players and cricket players are, are brought up in better homes? It, it, does that what it is that what it means, or come from better communities? Or what, what is it? Uh, and, no, I, and think, you, that I, I think I think I don't want to generalize, but in most cases, that uh, kids that play other sports like cricket, like rugby, their parents are a part and parcel of from the beginning of their of their careers of becoming who they are. Mm. And, and 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 they their support is not basically just to be there uh, to to pet the young boy on his bed. They are there to guide him throughout his career, even towards his uh, 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 how how to keep money, and of course how to earn what he's worth. Some players don't even earn what they are worth because they don't have an understanding of of their worth. Mm. So those little elements are that are that the parents and I'm not going to differentiate them in terms of color as well because I know of rugby players uh, of black descent who have got the support from their parents from the beginning and I don't know why that does not happen a lot with with, uh, with soccer players. Um, it's, a, it's a huge question and it's something that we have to look at uh, in general uh, to say why most of soccer players go through the same processes. And, and why after it's parental uh, guidance uh, not necessary uh, with, with soccer players as it is with other sporting coaches. But then the other thing, David, that I want to touch on, uh, Rory, uh, that I also have picked up is just the point that David has brought out that, uh, you know, often you find that uh, from childhood, these parents are seeing these youngsters through this uh, sort of process process mm. and uh, ambition mm. of wanting to be a top rugby player of, of wanting to be a springbok player of why or wanting to be a blue bulls or sharks player mm. but then they are always there for them that is why they cannot uh, just suddenly admire them and uh, the youngsters take over because the difference between them and us is the fact that and it is a sad story that uh, you find that with us and you have never seen your youngster playing football. And suddenly you hear the teams uh, keen in sign or, or on signing him. And 
Then he's a professional. Then you you hear your surname is all over the radios and all mm. over the TV. Mm. And that's when you tell everybody who even doesn't care to know that that's my son. Yes, that's that my they son. Look like you, that 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 you look like him. You know, mm, mm, <laughs> but. Mm. Some people didn't even know that you've got a son. Yes. They only know when he turns professional. <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's because you are still excited. You are mm. still shocked. Mm, and mm. that's not how it works. But also, if truth be told, let's not also forget the background. The mm. background of us is such that, and I'm talking about our generation, mm. because for now it's not an excuse. You know the old story that blame me for my past, but not for my present. Mm. You know? mm. With the past, yes, we didn't even get those privileges of uh, having structured uh, SAFA, mm. structured uh, sort of football or normal footballing uh, play fields where we could uh, be part of the international arena. And some of us can sit here and say, I wish I, you know, I, I was uh, yeah, playing yeah, yeah. it now because then I could be playing or could have played overseas and all that and have earned more money. Yeah. But then it's not a a question of could have, could have, should have. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's what you can do now. So having said that, though, the most important thing is to say, what is the difference between them and us? Mm. That is their generation and our generation. Mm. When I talk about their generation, I'm talking about uh, your Nasbuotas and your Max Mapanyas. Yes. Because they are in the same category. Yes. But your Nasbuotas also had this situation where uh, the rugby union would mm. be giving them lucrative contracts, obviously relative to the rent at the time mm. or the, the relative to the, the economy at the time. But with us, it was a different story. I mean, at uh, Safa at the time, playing for Bafana Bafana, I was earning 4,000. Wow. Yeah. At Bafana Bafana. At Bafana Bafana. Wow. I mean, that yeah, was yeah, a lot yeah. of money given the fact that at club level you were earning 1,008. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that is why wow. I say you cannot compare. But then the other thing that they did well, and uh, David alluded to that fact that uh, the guys have been taught also how to handle money. Mm. The other thing that they did well, and I know that for a fact, that some former rugby players have put their heads together and say, let us own this company. Let us buy shares into this company or let us build this kind of yes. company. And uh, they have uh, companies that if you find out, you find that uh, the directors are, are rugby, players. rugby players. I want to get into the rugby story. We, we have somebody from the South African Rugby Players Association joining us uh, after the ad break. Uh, I just want to, to wrap up with, uh, with David. David, um, uh, just want to let you uh, finish off your massage there. Uh, yeah, don't stress any, me further. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to stress you any further. Uh, any last thoughts on this? Yeah, the, the, you know, my, my, my thoughts are that uh, uh, parents, specifically from uh, that have got uh, kids that play football, should be part and parcel of, of their children's um, sporting and, 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 and educational uh you know, um, socialization mm. and upbringing, you know, mm. because it's, 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 it's like Mafa says, you, you only join because you've seen this boy and you've never really seen how he has come to where he is. Yeah. Uh, you can never understand it and you can never guide him properly because now you think, oh, how, how did he come? You are only there yeah, no right. to, to, yeah. to absorb, to absorb the stardom yeah. and not to guide him to the point where you are helping him for future uh, and, and helping him to become a better adult uh, than, than, he, than, than he would be. And I think that's where the problem lies. And then if we can address those different issues, I think we'll find ourselves in a situation where footballers can stand on their two feet. But yet again, footballers, even though 
know, you look at the uh, at money that has been that's been branded about as football as any. Generally, the average football players just earn averagely, like people who go to work on, yeah. a, daily, on a daily basis, you know. Um, and, 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 and for that, it's not huge money, but it's money that can put them in a situation where they can become comfortable if they've got a career to fall back on. Then they can become comfortable and find themselves at focus and find themselves still contributing beyond their playing days. When, yeah. when David says better adults, you know, I'll never forget what my late dad once said to me. And, I'll, uh, and uh, that stayed with me and will stay with me. He said, you know, if all boys lose their heads and you don't lose yours, know that you'll be a man, my son. Ah, thought, there we wow. go. You know? There we go. And also, funny enough, you remember my youngster maps? Mm. When on the last day mm. of my dad's life, mm. in his dying bed, I was with him in hospital. And he said, and he will tell you that. And he said, be better than your father. Oh, yeah. And he carried that throughout. <laughs> and he's better than me. <laughs> but, but parenting like that is, 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 really, is really hard to find. Let, let's, let's let uh, David go. Uh, David, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're going to move to an ad break now, and we'll be back shortly. I have a big company with many sites across Africa, each needing a hefty investment in hardware and software. And it's such a waste. So many resources are unused for most of the month. You need MTN Business Cloud, powered by Microsoft Technology. Our scalable solution enables you to manage your infrastructure, which allows you to buy exactly what you need. With a footprint covering over 23 countries, isn't it time you found out about the cloud solution built to build African businesses? Welcome to the new world of business. All right, so... Before the ad break, we were speaking about uh, rugby and where the rugby players end up versus where the soccer players end up. And that uh, Maponyane, uh, you'll forgive me, I can't call him Max Maponyane. It just feels weird. This man is old enough to be my dad. Um, if, if you hear about all of the rugby players, so let's look at the class of 95. Uh, you've got Andre Hubert. They call him the Rolls Royce of fullbacks. Is the owner and manager of an off- office automation store in Durban. James Small is involved in a restaurant business in Cape Town and has gone back into coaching. Yapi Mulder uh, is an employee at the telecommunications infrastructure company. Henny LaRue uh, founded the South African Rugby Players Association to look after players' needs. Uh, Chester Williams, uh, he has coaching assignments all over the world. Uh, he's, he's, he's very popular for uh, sevens rugby these days. And, of course, there's Joost van der Weesthuizen, and we know that um, <clears throat> he contracted um, uh, ALS, or motor neuron disease, and is now in the advanced stages. And But he keeps on going, uh, which, is, w- which is quite interesting because... Um, which is interesting because if you think about the soccer players, you know, we hear that they're ill and then the next thing they're gone. Um, whereas uh, uh, somebody like Jus uh, van der Westhazen, motor neuron disease, it's a very expensive thing to, to, to try and uh, to keep yourself going. But uh, he, still, he still keeps on going. What is the support structure around uh, uh, rugby and so on that are absent in the likes of soccer? 
Yeah, in fact, uh, even in soccer, there are support structures, but uh, I've noticed that uh, they are with uh, white players, mm. and uh, there are brides and the meetings that are always held. In fact, uh, from time to time, I I bump into uh, Phil Fenter. You remember Phil Fenter? Mm. Yeah, mm. Phil Fenter. <laughs> and uh, he's the man that uh, always updates me with uh, where they were and what's happening. Because those uh, former players, soccer players, but the white guys, are the ones who are meeting very often. And we don't meet very often except that we'll always be looking for uh, friendlies of the legends and all that. Mm. And that's not where you make so money. It's, it's not all. a culture no, thing. It's, it's not, not a culture not thing. Mm. But you've got to always be there, try to check how's someone doing and yeah. or how's everyone doing. Maintain the relationship. Yeah, maintain the relationship because people don't realize that when you've been that famous and suddenly there's no money coming in and uh, nobody cares about you, that's when you end up bothering people and stopping them and say, do you remember me? Do you yeah. know who I am? Yeah. Because you feel so lonely yeah. because uh, you don't even have any financial support. Otherwise, if you had financial support, you would just be living your life. Your life, yeah. Let's bring, let's bring Nyani Sosem in here. Um, he is the manager of brand and media at the South African Rugby Players Association. Uh, Nyani, so good morning Hi, how are you? Um, good brother thanks for joining us I know that you were in your sick bed uh, so uh, thank you for 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 rising uh, to to, no, to no, join no, us no uh, no so we were speaking we've been speaking uh, we, we've got we've got that Marks Maponyane Bafana veteran in studio yeah. with us we've been comparing uh, rugby and and soccer and and the support yeah. structures around rugby players vis-a-vis soccer players um, and yeah. there was even mention of how rugby players go on to 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 start companies together and so on can you give us a, a sense of what the South African Rugby Players Association does that is so special I know that uh, for example it started this my players uh, I take it yeah. it's a company that is co-owned by all of the rugby players give us a little bit more about 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 that no, look, I mean, this topic very, I mean, I would be lying to say that, you know, there aren't any rugby players that are going to themselves financially. I mean, we obviously don't hear about those things, but they definitely are out there. But, you know, for us, it's a player welfare, especially financial welfare of our players. And we take paramount importance for them to ensure that when they're done playing, you know, they don't struggle. So we put, we put a lot of stress in place. Uh, to ensure that, you know, the guys start saving at a young age. And it's important that, you know, we catch the guys when they sign their big contract with 18 19, uh, that we catch them then. Uh, because once a guy hits 22, 23, 24, you know, he doesn't want to hear anything about what he needs to do with his money. So uh, we catch them at a very young age and, and, and starting off with the basic pension fund where all players belong to. And we force them, not force, but we say, guys, you know, you need to contribute to this fund. But it's tax benefits, you know. I mean, it's, they're fortunate enough with this pension fund the they can retire to age 32. I mean, some of us need to work until we're 65. Hmm. Um, so we put those structures in place. And obviously, Rory, there's other things like, you know, basic financial skills that we do roadshows on, um, player development programs, career advice, you know, all those things. Uh, that can equip uh, a player not to find himself in difficulty in the event.
Mm. Yani, so <clears throat> we're just struggling to hear you. There's an echo there. So if you can maybe just uh, move, we, we really want to hear what you have to say. Um, you, so you mentioned all of these different initiatives. Uh, how many how many rugby players do you guys uh, uh, um, are members of the association? And what percentage of all of the rugby players are there? Well, we've got... Uh, our, our, our organization looks after all... Can you hear me, right? Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, our organization looks after all the professional rugby players. So there's, on our books, we've got 850 uh, all professional rugby players. Um, and then obviously then the club players, uh, the club players and the school and the school boys, I mean, they, they're on their own. But we only look after, after the professional, professional players. So, uh, Mr. Mapongane, we know that w- there's also the South African Football Players Union. Uh, it's very interesting to just look at the way that uh, uh, the Rugby Players Association, which is also a union, is structured. You're structured more like a company. You've got a CEO, yeah. you've got a manager, you've got... Whereas the South African Football Players Union has got a president, a general secretary, and so on. Uh, Mr. Mapongane, do you, do you think that there is just a difference in orientation here? And that's, that's what causes... We heard that the South African Football Players Union needed a bailout. Uh, uh, I'd like to ask you, Nyani, so uh, after, after that Mapongane answers... Just how much you guys have in reserves? I imagine you, you you're sitting on a pretty sum. Yeah, in fact, uh, the sad thing about uh, South African Players Union is that uh, even those days when I was still playing in the eighties, nineties, we were still trying to get it, uh, you know, to be recognised and for it to be solid and stable. But it wasn't the case. It wasn't the case because of uh, certain intimidation and also certain mentality. Intimidation from maybe bosses who would say, "Don't be part of that. Just focus on your football." Mm. You know, which bosses? Let's well, Club Name and bosses. Shame. Which yeah. ones? No, no, club bosses <laughs> would say that to players. Yeah. And then it's like, you're not here for politics, you're here to play football. Mm. And obviously it's not caring of their interest mm. or of their tomorrow. Yeah. Mm, mm. And then you would also not uh, having the club bosses only thinking like that, but also players who would just be thinking, why should I worry about this contribution because I am happening now? Yes. <laughs> you know, and they Forgetting. never even thought that. Sometimes, you know, people don't realize. We normally say rugby, soccer, you can play it for about 32, 35 years. Mm. It's not the case. Mm. I've always said sport, it's a game of seconds. Mm. You can break your leg in two seconds. Yeah, like we saw I know, yesterday. I know a player, a Brazilian player who is still holding a, rec- a world record history. That player became a professional for one minute, 32 seconds. <laughs> His first game yeah. at professional level, wow. he was tackled on the knee and that knee was ruptured and that was the end of his career. Wow, yeah. So who said you are obviously You're there safe. for 35 years? Yeah. <laughs> at 18, you rupture your knee and your history. So you've got to always say, what about tomorrow? Mm. Yeah. What well, if tomorrow never comes? <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like Luke Shaw yesterday uh, broke oh, his yes, leg in, yes. in two places. Uh, mm. Horrifying. Uh, Nyaniso, uh, what is the difference with the rugby players? Uh, what are you are you struggling? I mean, I see you've got the likes of Brian Habana and so on, who are not just members but are endorsing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, are you not struggling as much with rugby players to get them on, bo- on board? And and why is that? Yeah, no, look, we've, we've had a lot of encounters with, with the guys at Ashtafu, uh, Simba Maruma, I think, is, is the president there. And uh, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of sort of uh, cross-border sharing initiatives and so on. 
But you know, ours is, is, is unique. Yes, we are. We are a trade. We are a trade union. But the players came together. I mean, those influential guys back in the day, like the John Smith, the Victor Matthews, the Brian Banners, they came together in, in 2010 and they said, guys, you know, we've actually got a commercial value as players. You know, we are being used um, left, right, and center for commercial appearances for our sponsors collectively, but we're not we're not getting compensated for it. So, for example, a guy would be saying, okay, you need to be this time for an F appearance, you need to be there for a session appearance. But the guys never actually got compensation for it. So the guys said, you know what, enough. We're going to form a structure, and we're going to say, we're going to put all our collective writers, all professional players in South Africa into one pot, mm. and whoever wants to use our rights collectively, in other words, three or more players at an appearance, mm. need to buy that from us. Uh, and so the federation, which was his father, said, okay, fine, guys. Obviously, it wasn't easy, because all... Before, Star would never used to play for those guys. They used, used to use to play at their own uh, peril. Mm. But now the players said, okay, guys, we've got the collective, collective rights in the basket. It's managed by my players. It's our company. If you want to use us for your sponsors, you now need to buy that package of rights from us. And obviously, that amount stays within the players' organization, and the players obviously get uh, remunerated for the appearances that they do collectively. Mm. Um, and and it's and it's growing leaps and bounds. I and mean, our goal now is to ensure that um, every player in this country, professional South Africa, a rugby player, you know, gets compensated. Uh, whether it's a three hundred rand or, or a thousand rand, it's a thousand rand that they never had extra, thanks to their players' organisation. And that's obviously because of your collective commercial rights. Because these guys are these guys are commercially commercially viable, and we can't we can't neglect that. So. That's what we do here. We manage those collective commercial rights to ensure that players are compensated for uh, for their commercial uh, value. Yani, so uh, this strength in numbers approach has it. How yeah. was it met? I mean, that uh, Mapoyani speaks about intimidation in soccer by the by 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 club bosses. Uh, were were the players not intimidated? If they were, then how did they deal with it? No, I think well, for us, I mean, it's always about constructive engagement. I mean, we've got a collective agreement between us and all the provincial unions. Uh, and in that in that collective agreement, it stipulates that, you know, it's understood that players do belong to a players' union. The players' union is entitled to so many visits per year to the team, to, to address the team. So it's a good relationship we've got to do with. It's never, it's never an easy relationship at the beginning. You know, but as you get along and, 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 and the CEOs of these, of these provinces start understanding what the players are about, it becomes a very smooth transition. So there's a lot of debate. I mean, Mark is right. There's a lot of debate here and there, but at the end of the game, it's for the good of the game and it's for the welfare of the players. Dadma Ponyani, we've got uh, uh, Eric West on Twitter who says uh, maybe it's because rugby and cricket players invest their money wisely while soccer players spend theirs on bling and parties. Uh, I, imagine, I imagine rugby players also have bling and parties. What is the difference? Well, I, I guess uh, also it goes back to what uh, David said earlier on, where he says the upbringing is, is very important mm. also, you know, with parents around knowing what you, uh, you are doing. Mm. But uh, with uh, soccer players, most of the time, parents don't even know what you're doing, and especially these days because the youngsters have the privilege of uh, living alone or living yeah. with a girlfriend in some town, a townhouse somewhere. Mm. And uh, that's when it's free for all, you know, mm-hmm. and 
And then uh, there is no girlfriend who would say, yeah, but you can't spend money that way. You yes. don't need that. <laughs> I don't need this. I don't yeah. need this expensive gift. Yeah, in fact, yeah. You will, you'll need more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yanis, uh, so how do you guys... Uh, so there's just an interesting thing here about just lifestyle. So it's beyond just... Uh, the money, you you know, you see, you you get the sense that uh, rugby players at least uh, either are very good at hiding it or just lead these more wholesome lifestyles. That's the image that we we seem to get. Is this true? And and how 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 does the rugby fraternity get that right? Yeah, look, I think I think as well. It's, it's, I'm sure you guys have touched on it. It's the culture thing as well. You know, uh, the majority of, of rugby players in South Africa, you know, come from I would have middle class, well of home. They, you know, they taught the basics of money. Some of them are wealthy, so they've got money at home. Uh, and they understand the value thereof and how to put it away for any day. Uh, some of some of the players, and black and colored players, are the majority, are the main breadwinners at home. Um, you know, and that money needs to, to, needs to go home, it needs to go. So, you know, it, there's, there's different sort of uh, sides of the coin. Um, but it's important to understand, and it's not to Mark's question, as he said, if you break your leg now, today, and you're out for good, what do you do? You know, it's, it's those kind of things that guys don't start thinking about. And it, uh, they only wake up when it's at the end of their career, uh, when it's when you're 26, 27, 28, and when you start thinking, yesterday I didn't actually put enough to survive. And when I do go into a second career, if I do go into a second career, the money that I'm going to earn at five is going to be significantly less for my big contract when I was 22, 23. Mm. So that, that transition is also a bit of a shocker for them. Uh, and then guys start going off into depression and all those sort of things and lack of confidence. But, you know, that's why it's important to, to make sure that at the age of whenever you get that big contract with the Bulls or with the Sharks, wherever it might be, that you start putting away early. Otherwise, it's going to bite you. You know, sorry, yeah. just one thing that uh, Nyaniso mentioned when he talks about contracts. You know, there are basics that uh, can always get you out of business. You're up and coming, you're making headlines, you're scoring goals, and uh, Adidas or maybe, let's say, BMW uh, comes to you and say, we want to offer you a car. And some yeah. of the small things that they don't know, a guy gets uh, sponsored by BMW, he rocks up with a Mercedes in a function. <laughs> yeah, and then and, he loses the deal. And he loses the deal. Yeah, and yeah, you think, but yeah, that's common basics, sense. Yeah. Those are basics. You shouldn't yeah, do that. You're yeah. sponsored by Adidas. You can't rock up with uh, some Nike in beautiful Nike, yeah. shirt because yeah. you liked it. Yes. It's not because you liked it. They have like bought it, you. Like it, but ignore it. Yes, they've yeah. bought you. They, you know? Yanni, so your, 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 your union... What does it do yes. specifically uh, in light of this? So what do you guys do in terms of just education? Do you demand that the players get degrees? Uh, what do you do in terms of uh, financial education, um, life, life skills, and all of that? Is, what are the specific interventions that are happening either at a club level or within your union? Yeah, so at the beginning of this year, we, we appointed a career development manager, uh, and her responsibility is to, to go around uh, the country all the provinces, and do assessment tests with all the junior guys, uh, career assessment to see what their interests are, test their aptitude uh, uh, sort of knowledge. And then from there, based on those results, give a player one-on-one feedback in terms of you know, what path he or she should follow uh, should they want to study. Um, so that's, that's, that's the most important sort of the, the big thing that we're focusing on this year is, is education. 
Because these guys have got a lot of time on their hands. Really. I mean, you know, they train in the morning and then they've got a whole afternoon off and they only train late afternoon again. So in between there, you know, we want them to prioritize their time and focus on, on, on whether it's an online course or a short course, we will give them guidance as to what, you know, their capabilities are. And then obviously we've got, we've partnered with, with uh, a financial uh, advisor company. And currently, as we speak now, we are doing a basic uh, skill, a basic financial skills roadshow. Again, all the junior guys, uh, just to give them, just to make them understand the value of the money that, what it will be by the time that they, that they're nearing the retirement. So those two things, that those play a welfare uh, aspects for us currently are the main focus. And that Mapunyane, we keep hearing of agents as these unscrupulous people that take advantage. Uh, what role do agents play in all of this? Do they have a responsibility or not? They do have a responsibility because you cannot only take a percentage from a player's talent, but you also need to make sure that uh, you don't produce a skillful player. You produce a complete human being. Mm-hmm. And that complete human being is a professional that we're talking about. I mean, we saw Ronaldo scoring five over the weekend. Mm-hmm. We saw him scoring three yesterday, and that's the complete player. But at the end of the day, you look at the background of Ronaldo. I mean, that whole Madeira mm, <laughs> belongs to mm. Ronaldo financially and otherwise. Mm. So that's where what we talk about life skills that you've got to make sure that you instill on a player. But I'm glad that we're now talking solutions because we've uh, dwelled on, uh, on or the dwelled problems. On, uh, the problems. Mm. And part of the solutions is that education uh, aspect that we're talking about. But teams must also allow the players to be sort of uh, given a lecture even if, I mean, normally people who didn't charge for that, they would just say, I want to talk to your players. I want to guide them. Mm. And just mm. allow them to, because you are trying to say, yes, it, tomorrow it's going to be good for you. Mm. Because imagine if every time your star players or your, even if they're not star players, but your players are making negative headlines. Mm. Can't we just make them understand that they are professionals, they are do's and don'ts. There are things that you cannot do because you are playing for a big team and you are in the limelight. But do, do they listen? I guess they do. But at the end of the day, it's uh, the company they keep sometimes because mm. others have this problem of saying, if I don't do this, it will, I look old fashioned. Mm. People will think I'm not happening, mm, <laughs> you mm, know, mm. and I can testify to the fact that I didn't go to all those clubs and all that because I knew at the end of the career, I can still go to those clubs if I need them. And those clubs are still even getting bigger and better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. never needed them and I never missed them. Yani, so we're running out of time, brother. Just uh, give us a sense of, um, you know, what the future looks like for the South African Rugby Players Association. Uh, I still asked you that question. How much money are you guys sitting on? Uh, I know unions (laughs) sit on a lot of money. Give us a sense. Give us an idea of how much money you guys are sitting on. Yeah, I don't think I can say. I can say this. But, I mean, the players in South Africa collectively are sitting sitting very pretty. Mm. Uh, and you know, I mean, and we've and we've got the players on 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 the leadership structures and board level and trustee level, so they know exactly what is going on in the organisation. Is the organisation uh, self-sufficient? Uh, sorry, I didn't get that word. Is the organisation self-sufficient, or do you get subsidies from Saru? No, no, no. Well, it, before it was like that, but uh, uh, since 2010 or 2009, you know, we've just been. Uh, uh, 
working on the collective commercial rights that we've been receiving from, well, the money that, that we've been using for the commercial collective rights from Saros. Yeah, they've been buying from us. Meanwhile, but, yeah, I think I think the the, yeah, the players the players are sitting are sitting you know and and you know the future is bright. I mean, we want to make sure that every single player in South Africa, a rugby player at least, uh, when choosing to, to go into a career of rugby, it's it's you know it's, it's a viable option for them and you know it, it can it can provide for them in the future. Uh, last question, Yanni. So in thirty seconds, um, this. The issue of race came up, um, even with the Springboks about to start the World Cup. Um, yeah. How involved do you get in those types of issues? Uh, and 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 what what is the position? Um, you know, of of sorry, I mean, we we're, we're hearing about how the white players are doing well. Um, is it the same for the black players? And is there something special that's being done to assist them? Yeah, look for us. Uh, you know, we look at our members. Uh, we, we don't. We don't look. Members for us are members and they get treated equally. And just on the debates of transformation and so on, I mean, we sit very close to the style and their transformation policy. You know, and, and the players and the players have bought into the policy, they understand the policy, they've asked a lot of questions about the policy, and they're happy with, with, with where things are. So, you know, they've got a, so we've got a plan, we'll, we'll continue to monitor that plan and, and keep informing our players on, on the program. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Nyan. So thank you for joining us. And Dadma Pongyan, what are your You're final welcome. thoughts? If you had to advise uh, the powers that be in South African soccer, how do we fix the situation with soccer? Because it sounds like rugby is just a lot more organized. Well, I, I can conclude by saying let us allow a situation where players can be encouraged to study something. And uh, because at the end of their career, they still have to put pr- uh, food on the table. So education is very important. I mean, since I stopped playing and even while I was still playing, I was a motivational speaker and mm. an MC, but then doing other things on the side. Mm. But you cannot all be coaches at the end of the career yeah. and you cannot also be analysts yes. because that uh, area is getting super saturated now. So <laughs> you will end up wondering whether they're going to call you or not. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that. So yeah. you've got to study something. It's got to be outside football. And you'll realize that uh, by the virtue of the fact that you've played, you can still do well as that particular person in that particular exactly. department. Exactly. You've built a good brand for yourself. Well, that's a wrap, folks. Uh, unfortunately, it's just an hour. would have loved to hear more. I think we need to get Dad Mapongani in here just to speak about him. He sounds like a well of wisdom. But from me, enjoy the rest of the week and uh, go out there and change the world. The Konza Show on cliffcentral.com.